Welcome to the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, and this week, a transatlantic duo, a podcast hosted by a bloke who fired Chris Evans, and the sinister truth about Phil Spencer from location, location, location. The Pod 20 is heard on Podcast Radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms, and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now, and at number 20, British Scandal. The latest episode is called The Canoe Con. It's about the famous story of John Darwin, who found himself in debt and decided to fake his own death. 19. Behind the Bastards. The Worst Humans in History. The latest episode is called Amway, The Grave Digger of Democracy. 18. The Breakfast Club from iHeartRadio, the world's most dangerous morning show, with DJ Envy, Angela Yee and Chalamet, the God. 17. Folk on Foot Matthew Bannister walks and talks with folk music artists. Owen Ralph is part of the team that makes the podcast happen. Owen, Matthew Bannister is a broadcaster, but he's probably best known for being the boss of Radio 1 in the mid-90s when he hired and fired Chris Evans. What's he like to work with? He's amazing, really, to be honest. I, I feel like I've, I've I mean, it, it sounds a bit cliche to say it, but I genuinely feel like I've, I've learned an awful lot just, just through working with him on this. Um, and he's the kind of person as well who... If he comes up with an idea, it's it's normally a good idea to follow through on it. Like even if it sounds like totally off the wall. I mean, the the, the festivals were that a was great his example. idea. Yeah, to do, yeah. To do yeah, a, well, I mean, an whole, online festival. Whole, yeah, yeah. Although everything we've done with Falcon Foot, it's it's very much his his project and his baby. And I've been just kind of just here to help it help make it happen. I think it's the perfect partnership you and him because Folk on Foot. It's about folk music, but he yeah. chats to musicians, but on foot <laughs> like it might be on a beach or he might be walking through a park or or s- some wilderness area and his background is broadcasting but your background is as a musician and you need to have both ends of that for the thing to work so how did you get together with him then um well so the podcast started it was running for about a year before i got involved um but i so basically I was doing my own podcast um, at the time, which was just a, a kind of six episode series called Future Proof Folk, where yeah. I was I was just interviewing um, various people who were working on working on projects which I thought were interesting within the folk scene in a way that might um, yeah might kind of might future proof the, the scene for want of a better term yeah. to start, yeah. you know because we there's always the, the worries about aging audiences and um, you know falling behind to technology or whatever it might be. So I, I, I was speaking to various people who were doing interesting things that were really keeping folk music in um, in the modern day and kind of equipped to, to keep going into the future. And um, someone who was, who was doing PR for the, the um, podcast actually got in touch with me and said, would I like to interview Matthew for my podcast? Right. Um, and I said, yeah, great. Um, yeah. So yeah. Good I'm, guest. I'm yeah. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I've I was, emailed was, him as well, but I think it's gone into his junk. So um, Quite possibly. I, I will we have, have, a, him. We have a vicious spam filter. <laughs> yeah, but now that you're on, I'm going to have to wait a few weeks to get him on because otherwise we'll only have folk on foot people on the show. You know, you know what well, I, mean? I mean? 
I'd be happy with that. <laughs> right. So it was because you were already doing, or you'd already you'd had experience of a podcast, and then of course there's your your musical background as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, Matthew's got a bit a bit of a musical background as well. I mean, obviously has he? What is it? He 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 played the the, the fiddle growing up. I mean, he's he's never. He? I, I don't think he's he's ever kind of uh, been a professional musician or ever. But when he was seventeen, he was. Was in a band, um, and when he does his live talks, he, he likes to um, bring out a little radio clip of him in a playing in a, a trio, doing a version of um, "I Want to See the Bright Lights Tonight" by Richard Thompson. Um, right. Which sure it's um, yeah. So he, he's he's very much got a folk music background, even though you know his, his as you, as you mentioned before, his best known professional area was in is in Radio One, which. You know, it's, it's quite a long way from folk music in, in many ways. Yeah. Folk on Foot is at number 17 this week on the Pod 20. 16. Monday Morning Podcast. Bill Burr rants about St. Louis, Daredevils, and a lonely roller coaster ride. 15. Something Was Wrong. The award winning true crime docuseries about the discovery, trauma, and recovery from shocking life events and abusive relationships. 14. BuzzFeed Daily. Breaking down all the good, the bad, and the... Wait, what? From BuzzFeed, the internet, and beyond. 13. Revisionist History. Malcolm Gladwell's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood. At 12. A cup of tea and a chat with Jean Bean Baxter and Ali McKay. You two worked together on the Kevin and Bean Show on the world-famous K-Rock radio station in Los Angeles. Now, Bean, you live in London. Ali, you're in Los Angeles where you grew up, but you went to college on the East Coast. Well, my parents are both from Boston and they moved to L.A. in the late 60s for what they thought was going to be three years. And they stayed till 2008. Um, But every year we would see all my relatives in Massachusetts and then up in Maine, so I, I knew both coasts really well, spent every summer in Maine. So going to Boston College, uh, BC, was not out of the norm for me, but learned quickly that I am a California kid. I'm an L.A. girl because I was cold. I, I was not aware that if you leave the house with it wet, that it will freeze. Things that most people learn very early in life. For me, I was like, what is happening to my hair, you guys? And people were like, it's what happens when the weather is freezing. So it was a a fun experience, though. I I would recommend anyone go to college away from where you're from and learn all new stuff with all new people. So how did you end up back in L.A. and on KTLA, the TV station? I had been working all around the country from Salt Lake City, Sacramento, New York City. In TV. And you basically, it's the same thing with radio. You kind of keep moving up in markets until you get where you want to spend the rest of your life or a big chunk of time. And I was currently in Park City, Utah, and flying back and forth to New York to do stuff with random Fox News Channel. Um And uh, Good Morning America doing like random little segments for uh, both of those networks. And then I got a phone call from KTLA, which was the show I grew up watching in Los Angeles on Channel 5. And would you ever consider moving back to L.A.? And I was like, ooh, tomorrow? Let's do this. And shockingly, Graham, I know it's it'll be weird to hear this, but my parents moved two months later. 
back to Boston, back to Boston, and then up to Maine. <laughs> it's like they were waiting for me to come home. Then they're like, oh, welcome home. We are so, out. So, so you were about, well, we've got something in common then. I was abandoned too. I was at the, oh, at, at the age of 18, my family, my parents and my sister emigrated to New Zealand from the UK. We grew up in the Northwest, just outside Liverpool. And uh, wow. we, we, we emigrated to New Zealand when I was 18. When I was 21, they came back to Britain and decided New Zealand wasn't for them. And I stayed in New Zealand. So I was abandoned on the other side of the world. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I don't feel as bad now. That's <laughs> awful. But at least they told no, you. No, trust me, I going, wanted right? to go. I wanted to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want, well, I wanted to stay there because, and then not long after, I met Julie, and my life changed. And uh, oh. I was a I was a pipe fitter on an oil refinery construction site back then. And yeah, it was oh very my gosh. very different life. Uh, I didn't get into yeah. radio until we moved to to Australia. So how did you get onto oh. K Rock then? From TV, I isn't, don't even isn't know radio a step down? <sighs> Uh, I'll say, uh, no, no, not at all. I don't even know if Bean will remember this, but I was doing a segment on glass blowing and they had a TV, I guess, in the thing, in uh, the studio at Kevin and Bean. And I guess during the segment, they were transfixed with this reporter that was saying highly inappropriate things while glass blowing. So they had me on. About a week later, because I was fairly new to um, KTLA, and they had me on a week later, and they said, where are you live at this morning? Because I was at a different place every morning. And I said, oh, I'm live at Pussy and Pooch today. And it was a place that, you know, it's for dogs and cats. And they're like, what are you doing? Everything about you is wrong and inappropriate. (laughs) So anytime I did anything that they deemed weird or inappropriate, they would have me back on the air. And then... Uh, Ralph Garman wound up taking, um, he was the entertainment showbiz guy, did a ton of their voices. He wound up taking um, some time off and they said, would you ever want to just fill in, do some mornings with us? And I was like, okay, but Bean doesn't like to hear this. Cover your ears, Bean. But I used to listen to them on the way to school and my mom would be like, no, I want to listen to Cares 101. And I'm like, no, Kevin and Bean. (laughs) So it was quite the coup to be able to work with the two of them. Very cool stuff. And Los Angeles, the entertainment capital in the world, what was it like yeah. for both of you waking up that city every morning? Must have been such a mm. thrill. Yeah, Bean was lucky because he uh, he got to sleep in a little bit. When I did TV, I was up at 2.30 uh, Monday through Friday. We had to do our own hair, own makeup, and then head out to wherever our live shots were. Then I got to Kevin and Bean and I was like, I get to sleep until 345. This is amazing. (laughs) But Bean did the right thing very early and he he left L.A. and worked from home. Right, Bean? Yeah. Yeah. I was only in uh, Los Angeles for the first nine and a half years of our run there. And then I lived up in Seattle for 15 or 16 years and then lived in New Orleans for the last four years. And New Orleans was the smartest move I ever made because it's two hours ahead. So I'm living in the central time zone. I'm going on the air at 7.30 a.m., which is pretty sweet for a morning show, right? Yeah. Um, But to answer your question, Graham, and I've been lucky enough to work in a number of markets in America, Washington, D.C., and Phoenix, and San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and Baltimore, Maryland, um, being in radio, it's the same everywhere. Honestly, I mean, Los Angeles felt local because you know I lived there and we did the show, obviously, and I you know knew knew the layout of the city. But it wasn't, it didn't really feel that much different than doing radio in any other city. It's just that 
it was great for us to have access to so many more celebrities. That was the one real advantage of being in Los Angeles is because that's where a majority of people in the entertainment industry are. So we really were able to take advantage of that for the, uh, of that, which I was grateful for. But other than that, you know, it's an industry town, um, but there's also a lot more going on than just a show business too. So, I mean, you just look for stuff to do like you would in any market. I mean, you can go to any market and find something interesting and find interesting people to talk to. So that's what we did. Well, you were there a lot longer than Ali, but I want to get one highlight from K-Rock from both of you. Can I start with you, Ali? Oh, March 16th, 2020. No, just kidding. That's when we were fired over the phone. <laughs> um, you know what? There were there were lovely times. Absolutely. Anytime that you got an email from a listener saying that they were going through something, whether it was something in their personal life, a lot of you know people that were in the hospital or that were going through cancer and would say, I turned you guys on and my day turned around. That is all that mattered. Because if you realize that you're doing this job and you're affecting even one person, making their day a little bit better, that was a highlight for me. Absolutely. You still get that with the podcast, don't you? I heard one the other day. There was a lady who'd lost so his wife much. and said that you guys were so important. Yeah, yeah. it is. It uh, We're not worthy of it. We're a couple of idiots. And then you add the Kevin and Bean show, a lot of idiots, you know, but it 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 changes people and they get used to seeing the same people or hearing the same people day in and day out. And it becomes such a unique thing because that's that's becomes almost a family member because you know where they're going to be the same time every day. You know, you're going to get a laugh, maybe learn something, you know, so it's it's a very beautiful thing that we were able to do. Yeah. Well, a cup of tea and a chat with Gene Bean Baxter and Ali McKay, number 12 this week on the pod 20. At 11, absolutely mental. Ricky Gervais phones his favorite smart friend the neuroscientist and philosopher Sam Harris, to ask some very important questions, and some not-so-important ones. Number 10. Sips, suds, and smokes. Everything good in life is worth discussing. Wine, tea, coffee, whiskey, beer, cigars, barbecue, people whose first name starts with a Q, ex-Amish, the state of Alabama, roadkill, and Canadians. 9. Hidden Brain. Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behavior. 8. Smartless. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect and unite people from all walks of life to learn about shared experiences through thoughtful dialogue and organic hilarity. Number 7. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. After 25 years at the late-night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So he started a podcast to fix that. Conan's latest guest is the journalist and news anchor Anderson Cooper. 6. Soap from the Box with Lee Salisbury Lee, you're a TV director best known for working on soaps. You've also done factual programs. You worked with Kirsty and Phil from Location, Location, Location. I've never thought much of her. And I lost what little respect I had for him when I saw that video that went viral. The one of him 
holding the head of a dead deer he'd just shot. Well, I am absolutely chuffed to bits. It's been my ambition to shoot a deer for a very, very long time. Thanks, buddy. But I will remember you for, a long time. for a, as long as I shall live. Hopefully, I might get to taste him as well. Can you take it home with you? Fantastic. Disgusting. How did you find working with the two of them? Oh, personally, I wouldn't have any the, the, the view on that. But all I can say is that just seeing them do their jobs amazingly is brilliant. You know, and again, I learned so much from them about property. So I go in and go, <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. They told me where to buy my flat, which I did. Wow. So we did one in Leeds. Yeah. And they told me this area is so a good tip for everyone is they said if a Starbucks, it's too late to buy if a Starbucks has popped up in your area. Because right, that means I they've see. already... So you right. need to, yeah. So again, I just, uh, Drew on Salvage Hunt is amazing. You know, I love antiques and stuff. He would walk in, there'd be a million things. He'd go, that one. And he's right, you know. So seeing that, I always just loved. And like I said, you just get on with these, you know, they wouldn't have lasted this long if they were a nightmare, you yeah. know. So I think people love, the press love to build people up as being, you know, they love to bring people up and put them down. And then people instantly have a view, you know, and I just think that, you know, God, just for me, they're, they're not trying to be famous. They're just trying to do their job. So I only judge them on that. You know, they bicker a bit on screen in a fun way. They love each other. <laughs> they wouldn't be together on that show if they didn't like each other. Yeah. They obviously have clashes of views on property, which has worked for other shows with them. But yeah, I love that show. Love working with them. Okay. Well, then away from TV, you're also a radio star. You're on, I know, uh, which is really bizarre now, yeah. It, well, how did that happen? Was Gorgeous FM first or Great British Radio first? Well, what happened is I've done the podcast, Soap from the Box, yeah. um, which obviously is online now. Uh, that was over lockdown, basically. I thought, you know what? There's never interviews with soap stars. Graham Norton, you never see them on there, even though the shows are big, because there is this still this looking down at soap stars, you know. So I thought there's a million brilliant, brilliant soap stars and people don't know their stories. There must be an audience and there has been. It's been a massive yeah. nostalgia. There's over 50 episodes I've done now. Started with friends. It's expanded to people I don't know, but I've become more confident interviewing people. And again, I see interviews and I hate people who just have a list of questions and don't listen. And I do love listening and I'm not there to expose anything. So we did Daniela Westbrook and I said from the beginning, you know, I'm not here to make headlines. I just want you to have a voice, you know, and it did make headlines but in the right way because I wasn't out for salaciousness. I just think people sometimes want to speak about certain things. So that was really emotional doing her. And she, I think the press changed their mind because she just spoke, you know, not to reveal, you know, it's just hearing someone speak and being, you know, you go on something, soap stars go on shows, about storylines for five minutes on the rain. And there's so much more to them. I, Leslie Dunlop's coming up on the new series from Emmerdale. I didn't realise she'd worked with, you know, um, who's it, the Joan Collins. She, she was in The Elephant Man and she's got all these amazing stories. I was like, I didn't know that. You know, Linda Lusardi, I was able to talk to her about being a page three girl, which is a friend of hers. You wouldn't just go out for a drink and bring that up, you know, <laughs> and you learn so much about that because as I said, it wasn't, an expose, you know, just learning about what she felt at that time, how the world has changed, you know. So, so because of that, I got, yeah, I, I got offered two radio shows. Great British Radio started playing the podcast. Then okay. I got my show on it, which is still going on the A to Z. A to Z, yeah. They're a good gorgeous. mob, Great British Radio. I do Saturday mornings on there. Yeah, 10 I know to you 11. Do, don't you? Yeah. Yes. So that's great. That's just working from home, doing kind of, 
I've expanded that into a different show. Then gorgeous. Basically, when I was young, I used to stick the stereo out the window and, and pretend to do radio for my neighbours. So I'd yeah. always kind of wanted a, a show like Gorgeous, which was just playing music and yeah. being a radio host. But yeah. again, I kind of, because of my production experience, I've formulated it into a format. It's called Taking You to Lunch, 10 to 1. I have dessert, main course, guests, play music. It's all a bit themed, but it is, I've covered last week, I covered midday, uh, you know, the weekday slot, which was much more a formulaic show. And I just, I love it. You know, I love, I love music. I love music so much. I've managed to find new artists and give them time on the show, which I love championing new people. Um, I'm just doing a series on it at the moment. Where are the X Factor stars now? Because that's finished giving these stars time to shine again because the press just forget them. So yeah, they that's, Will uh, Young that's on, didn't amazing. I'm yeah. loving it. So radio has been a nice sidestep where you're in control yourself. I'm kind of a one-man band. I was a celebrity booker when I worked in telly, so I'm used to booking. I've had Will Young this week, which was yeah. incredible. So it's kind of like a teenage dream, you know, back to what you know what I wanted to do as a kid. It's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Soap from the Box with Lee Salisbury is at number six this week on the Pod 20. At number five, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number four, Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Ed and James invite special guests into their magical restaurant to choose their favourite starter, main course, side dish, dessert and drink. Number three, Happy Place. Fern Cotton talks to incredible people about life, love, loss, and everything in between, and finds out what happiness means to them. Fern's latest guests include Dave Grohl and Jesse Nelson. Number two, Crime Junkie. If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you've found your people. And at number one, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Parenting Hell. Got a very excited text message from you, Josh, on Wednesday. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is the turning point. And Josh is going to, I'm just, Josh is just going to be like full of beans for the rest of. Get his life back. Yeah. You text me, you text me on Wednesday. Very excited message. You won't believe this. This is 2.57. You won't believe this. Daughter at nursery, baby asleep. No work in the diary. I think this is the first free time in six months where you had nothing to do. Nothing to do. And you were right. You replied, you, you feel rudderless. You suddenly don't know what you do. <laughs> what is it? You know, what, what do, I do, do I do? I don't know what it is that, what do I do when I want to enjoy myself? And as we were having this discussion, you text me 11 minutes later, he's woken up anyway. Yeah. So you had 11 minutes to yourself. 11 minutes. What did you do? I watched 11 minutes of a documentary about the... Um, <laughs> you love documentaries. I love it. It's all I've got. <laughs> That's who you are. The documentary guy. Yeah. About uh, drugs and sprinting in the late 80s. <laughs> <laughs> drugs and sprinting. So like what? Performance enhancing or party drugs? Ben Johnson at the Seoul Olympics getting banned. Carl Lewis. Yep. I watched 11 minutes of that documentary. How was it? Was that all right? Carl Lewis is a piece of work. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> He's got that mentality, a bit like Michael Jordan in um, that in The Last Dance, that kind of the sociopath athlete mentality. Yeah, sociopath alpha. Yeah, sociopath alpha. Okay, fair enough. Like Ramesh. 
Ramesh, Ramesh is the least alpha person I've ever met. He's so chill. Imagine if he was a drug cheat. Imagine if he was just... Is this how he's so good? How he does 16 TV shows because he's Andre's boosting. <gasps> we need to start testing him. There's no way he can keep that workload up and not lose his head. We're falling apart. We work at a quarter of his work rate. I'm going to text him and say, you do realise there's random testing on the weakest link and he'll absolutely panic. <laughs> That's it for episode 76 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Owen Ralph, Gene Bean Baxter, Ali McKay, Lee Salisbury, Rob Beckett, and Josh Widdicombe. Don't forget you can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Rob and Josh stay at number one? Will your favourite podcast make it to the top of the chart? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.